0: Okay, so as the video that we played during our prayer time reminded us, we are called to lay down the old and to step in to the new. Okay, the reading from Mark chapter 1 today uh, is sharing with us the start of this very journey. Okay, you could read those first words uh, that Pastor Karen read um, along the lines of, this is where the good news starts. The good news Of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The old saying, um, good things must come to an end. I'm sure you've all heard that before. Well, this is the flip reverse of that, okay? The story of Jesus Christ is never going to end. And although this isn't really the beginning of the story, uh, it is the start of this new part of the journey. The journey whereby Christ is being proclaimed by John, affirmed by the Father, and then he states his purpose as the bringer of the kingdom of God. Okay, We've spent the last six weeks um, looking at covenant and starting with Noah and then looking at Abraham and Moses before pushing into the new covenant. What that means for us today. Okay, looking at the new covenant and all that that means. Okay? It, it, it can be complex if we let it be complex. Okay? There's a lot in it, but we have to at least get the basics right. Okay, We're looking at that. We've got to look at it through the lens of the words of Jesus. When he said, I have not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Okay, before Jesus, the people were introduced to John, a man who knew who he was, whose he was, and why he was there. Okay? He lived a life knowing that his job was to prepare the way, to prepare the way for the Messiah. He is, if you will, I would call it the starter. I think you probably more uh, attuned with the word the appetizer for the main course. The expectation was that the one who was to come, the Messiah, he was going to lead the people against the Romans. And we talked a little bit about that already as, as Jesus had that counter-procession. He was going to stand up to the military might. He was going to remind them of the true theology to stand up against the false theology of Rome. So Jesus entered the city just before Passover as a protest against Rome. But it wasn't the kind of protest that the Jewish people wanted. They didn't expect that the story would pick up with a prophet saying, repent. And then go through all that it did to this procession and then the week that is to follow. we got a bit of a backstory here. There's a story of a nation that is dreaming. You've got Herod leading that nation. You've got Asiathas as the high priest. And those two people, with all of the people that gathered around them, they weren't so interested in a kingdom where the ruling class served. The story that they were telling was one of freedom, but they had no idea what that freedom was going to look like, other than it wasn't going to look like John was saying. And what Mark really is getting at here is is so we can have a feel and an understanding of this new thing that is happening. This new thing that is being spoken by John and being shown by him as he's living it out. And then that Jesus picks up and takes even further. I don't know about you guys in the room, or you guys watching on the stream, how many of you struggle to sleep sometimes? Um, I had no problem falling asleep last night at 8.30. I was, in my words, I was cream-crackered. I'd had a busy day. I'd been out doing a, a, a family baptism for a friend. And then, uh, many of you know, my wife had a, has a nice garden that I built for her last year with, with her father-in-law, which she has now decided she wants to be twice the size. Um, so that fence has come down and raised in the process of building a new fence. And, and I'm in the process of digging up more dirt, making new sod to go elsewhere in the yard, and, and then having to level it all to put the new beds down. Uh, it's a process. In fact, I sent Karen a, a jokey text yesterday that said, uh, Jodie, Jody, quite contrary, how does your garden grow? And I followed up with, by Ray and Dan building fences and beds. That's how her garden grows. Sorry, Jody, I know you're watching. Um, I love you. <laughs> um, but I, I, I woke up at midnight, and I could not get back to sleep. I was clockwatching the whole time. And then when my alarm went off this morning, I hit snooze. And then I hit snooze again. And that's not good for you, I know. But how many of you struggle to have that sleep time when you're, like, you're clock-watching? And then finally, when you find yourself asleep, it's time to wake up. And the answer to, did I get enough sleep, is always, no, <laughs> I didn't. On a night like that, you don't get enough sleep. Well, here in our context of Jerusalem the people are asleep and John is the alarm clock John is coming to wake them up he is stirring them so that that new day can begin okay the new covenant can start so I wonder I can say this for the first time in a long time and have a response. How many of you struggle with sleep sometimes like I do? (laughs) Yeah, i got some hands raised. (laughs) Interaction, I love it. Um, Sleep patterns are important. But if we live in sleep, we don't get to experience what the new is post that sleep. Okay, it's like a, a mini um, Sabbath every day. God restores us ready for the new every time we go to sleep. That sense of new as we climb out of bed, as we jump in a nice warm shower, as we put on fresh clothes, and, you know, and we go to work or we get the kids out of bed or, or whatever it is. Um, the alarm bells ring and we respond. Now, if John is that alarm bell ringing to the ears of the Jewish people, then Jesus is the new day. Jesus is the new day that is springing into life. But not just for the Jewish people. He is that new day for you and for me. For everybody who wants to call him Lord, he is their new and he will make you new also. So as we continue in this story of Mark chapter 1, we move into the baptism of Jesus. And like, like uh, Pastor Karen said uh, as she read the, uh, the, the reading, we had this not that long ago. And we looked really at John the Baptist, uh, 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 at what, what he was, uh, why he was. And and what that meant for Jesus coming. And we looked at the baptism. And so I don't really want to dig into that in great detail today. Um, Other than to say, when Jesus sees heaven, as, as kind of the earth is torn apart or open, it's not that he's looking up at the sky for a hole. Um... It's not like a, a Marvel comic with a, with a gateway to another universe showing through multicolored cosmos. It's more that he's seeing the dimension which is kind of sitting behind our reality. Okay? For Jesus, he no longer sees the river, the bank of the river, the trees, or even John by his side, He's standing in the presence of God. He's in a very different reality at that moment in time. Here at St. John, we use and speak of the, the, the term kairos moments. Yeah? Believing that God can and does break in, break through into our time. Um. And in fact, the next part of Mark's gospel has what I would say is a verse that really sums up our DNA as a church community. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Okay, here Jesus is affirming the ministry and message of John. But he takes it a step further. It's not just about repentance. It's about stepping in to belief. And that time that we speak of, kairos, it it means the breaking in, the opportune time. I mean, when we think of time, uh, we normally think of, of, of chronos, chronological time, looking at your watch and seeing how it ticks through. Kairos time is the opportune time where God breaks through and we see his kingdom in our reality. We have that balance of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We see the kingdom and we can look for it more and tune into it to be able to see more and more of these Kairos moments. A space where heaven touches earth is a nice way to think of it. A space where we can hear the words of the Father being spoken over us in the same way that they were spoken over Jesus. Because he speaks those words over you also. You are my child whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now I joke, um, that's the only place in the whole of scripture where you will hear the Cockney language. Cockney is language spoken in, in London, uh, and they are well pleased. Right? It's, it's kind of a, 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 a funny, I know many of you Americans might not get it, but any English people, I'm sure you're laughing. I hope you're laughing anyway. I can hear one or two people here. Probably laughing at me as opposed to with me, but that's fine. Um, but I wonder, why Why did I choose this verse for today? It's not a normal verse for Palm Sunday in any way. It's the only time during this series that we have stepped away from the lectionary readings. Okay, Every other, The last five weeks have all been readings that were assigned in the lectionary, and we've dug into covenant through that. But today, I felt a need to step away from that. Uh, Not to go down the Palm Sunday route, because simply put, covenant is about relationship. And we have to be able to not only talk to God, but we have to be able to listen to him. And uh, this can happen in many different ways, and I've already spoken for a long time, and I'm maybe halfway through what I want to say today. Um, So I don't want to dig into that too much. But if you want to talk about the different ways in which you can hear God, then I'm happy to have that conversation with you. Um, It's amazing the more we look to listen, the more we're able to in many different ways and identify the ways that we connect with uh, even better than others. You see, being called into relationship, asked to offer ourselves up, to lay down our own agenda and to be part of that kingdom is, in essence, what being a disciple is all about. Being a disciple is about being a learner, someone who can put their agenda to the side to learn that new thing that God's wanting to teach them. That's our place in life and in faith. We're called to live by this this different reality. Um, we're invited to see and to stand in that reality. Do we always get to see this alternative reality? Sadly, we don't. Like I said, we're in that now and not yet confusion or tension of the kingdom. But we're not asked to walk by sight. We're asked to walk by faith. And so the times that we have seen it, that we do get to see it, where we feel it, these are the moments that should encourage us to continue our walk. They should propel us to share these moments with other people as ways of strengthening and encouraging them in their faith. God wants to break in more and more. Okay? Let me change that. God is breaking in more and more. He wants us to see it more and more, to experience it more and more, to tune in, to be on the same level as that he is frequency. Our reality, sadly, is not the kingdom of God. But wherever we declare Jesus to be Lord, we will see his kingdom. Because you can't have a kingdom without a king. So where we don't say Jesus is our king and our Lord, we cannot see his kingdom. So if you have been baptized, then think about your baptism as being the time when that journey started and the curtain between heaven and earth was torn open. Where those words that Jesus had spoken over him of affirmation and love were spoken over you also. If you've not been baptized and you want to be, then if you're local to us, have that conversation. If you're watching the stream and you've got... You know, you're a fair way away or or a different country. Find your local church and have that conversation. Begin that part of your journey today. See, Jesus, when he came to be baptized, he was equipped for the ministry to which God had called him. His covenantal connection with the Father enabled him to get on with the kingdom movement, to engage in the kingdom movement. And we have got to get this. This is the basic thing. This has got to be at the core of our faith. It's vital for our church globally. Not just ourselves to understand. The covenant we have with God is a beautiful, beautiful thing. We receive from him so that we may give. But we still need to give our all to him to be able to receive fully from him. Pastor Karen spoke on that last week. The covenant is about relationship. Yes, 100%. But it is also about commandment. The command to love God. To love each other. It's about the way of life which we are called to step into. Which we choose To step into. And I said it a few weeks ago. And I spoke about the boundary of love. If we stay within God's love. We are called his friends. We have freedom. But we also have the choice. Within us. To step outside of that boundary. If we want to. I have no idea why anybody who has experienced God's love. Would want to step outside of that boundary. But some people do. And our job is to be praying for them to be encouraging them to be discipling them and enabling them to return within the family within the boundary because it's from that place as in that boundary that just as Jesus did we get to move and operate in the reality of the kingdom not just of the world this is where we get to live out our commission to go and make disciples that can make disciples. Okay, why add that extra bit on where well, you can keep going? Because we want the disciples to make disciples that can make disciples that can make disciples and so on. That's what the original disciples did. They shared the faith, they encouraged people in the faith, and they equipped them to go and do likewise. That's What Jesus is asking of all of us. The covenant connection that we have with the Father. Leads us to our cause for kingdom expansion. Okay. We have a covenant relationship. And the cause of that relationship is to lead us to kingdom expansion. See John came on the scene and he spoke about the need for repentance. And Jesus followed up. With the expectation to step into belief. And so today, I'm gonna ask you as we prepare to come to, to communion, the sign of the new covenant, are you ready to accept the new which Jesus is offering you? Are you ready to accept the new that he wants you to step into today? doesn't matter how long you've known him, how long you've proclaimed to be a Christian, to be a disciple. Every day, that alarm clock goes off for you to step into the new. Because every day we are called to become more and more like Jesus. We're called to be made new. That Sabbath rest that I spoke of every night as we close our eyes, we are restored, ready for the new day that's ahead. Today, we know is the start of Holy Week. Coincides with Passover, as we heard, the most sacred time of the Jewish year. But for us as disciples, Holy Week is a very sacred time. You could say the most sacred time of our year. Because Easter is all about new life. Christ, raised from the dead. The tomb, empty. Sin and death, defeated. But as believers, we are called to live an Easter faith. Not just at Easter, but our whole faith is an Easter faith. Always prevalent. God doing new things. God bringing life from death is a daily occurrence. Not just something to remember at Easter. Yes, a big celebration. Yes, a great time for us to drill into the remembrance of that. But we're called to live that every single day Not just once a year So if you have said yes to Jesus Then you are a covenant heir To his kingdom And with all of that With everything that that means for you right now The expectation Is that you give back Okay There's been a lot of false teachings about not having to do anything because people get it wrong. I'm saved by grace. I've been given grace so I can sit on my backside and do nothing. No. Grace should be compelling us to give everything back. Okay, Richard Foster, one of my favorite modern-day authors, and I've probably said this many times, and you probably could all quote it back to me, (laughs) but I'm going to say it again. He says, the opposite of grace is works, but not effort. You've got to want to want to do it and put the effort in. So as we prepare the table to come to him, to remember his sacrifice and all that that means for us as the sign of the new covenant, stepping into that love where we are free, I'm going to ask you to join with me In singing the next hymn, which is all glory, Lord, and honor. And as we offer ourselves afresh to him, to his lordship today, let's mean what we sing. Let's be ready to move in to the new. You could even say, let's in these words prophesy over ourselves and our church that we go forward into the new, declaring him as Lord with every step that we take. So let's sing.